Finds Draymond Green. Green to the basket. Kicks it out of Godala. Thompson for three. Bang! Clay Thompson from downtown. It's a six-point lead. Timeout Rockets. A stunned Toyota Center crowd has watched a seven-point fourth-quarter lead. Yo, 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 guys, what is up? Welcome back to the Game 6 Play Podcast. It's your boy Gotham, my guys, Matt, Charlie. Guys, welcome back. Um, how you guys doing, man? It's uh, it's fun time. It's um, January, February basketball. And um, how you guys doing? How's everything? How's, before we get into everything, how's everything going for you guys? Things are good, man. No complaints. Uh, I played pickup for like three or four hours this weekend for the second time in like months. My body's still kind of reeling, man. It's been a long time, but otherwise, man, things are going great, man. No, no complaints. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're chilling out here, getting out of the worst of the snowy parts, you know. Uh, excited. Excited for all the things happening this month, man. Like we got trade season kicking up. We got the all-star break soon. Like yeah, things, yeah. things are starting to percolate, you know? It's, uh, it's a fun time. In, it's a fun time in the NBA world, basketball world right now. Um, got them. Pause, man. How's the foot, dude? Keep us – how oh, are we doing? Yeah, man. Foot is actually getting quite quite better. Um, you know, I'm feeling comfortable. Went out for the first time uh, last weekend. Great time, you know, good. getting out of the house, experiencing the weekend again. Crutched around everywhere, so um, waiting on that scooter. But yes, slowly getting going, getting a little stuff back. But uh, it's looking good, healing good. So shout out to you guys, Games is Clay Pod. It's been keeping me through this rehab. Uh, it's been fun just watching the game. So speaking of all these games and uh, that we've been talking about, fun time in the NBA, man. Uh, trade deadline, like you said, Charlie. Um, yeah, guys on the move. Um, guys wondering what the Warriors are doing. Um, so what is your guys' take um, right now? Uh, we obviously had the Kings game, um, the Thunder game last night. So see what you guys are seeing from the Warriors from these last couple of games and, you know, these last few games as a whole as they're on that um, nine-game nine game winning streak. Uh, Matt, Charlie, what do you guys take it away? Oh, well, you know, shout-out to our guy, Clay. Like, it's his birthday today. Like, yep. obviously, you know, named our pod after him. He's all – number one right here for us and uh leading scorer in both of these games he's been playing really well uh, i think he put up like seven dimes in the first game too against the canes like he's just you know he's sticking tough shots he's hustling and competing on the other end and even if he doesn't fully have his legs back yet you know like it's it's just good to know that you can start to kind of depend on him offensively you know it's it's kind of crazy that we're looking at him being back to, you know, such a consistent scoring threat uh, night to night uh, so quickly after coming back from this injury. Uh, what about you, Matt? What would you take away from it? There's not a whole lot else to take away. You know, that's uh, that's about as much as we could ask for. Clay being – Clay looking kind of like pretty close to the Clay of old is awesome. He had that, that really nearly vintage game in Sacramento the other day. I mean, it was vintage. It just wasn't the full, you know, 30-minute Clay. But what do you think he hit? you know, six threes and a quarter or something like that. Uh, he looked awesome. It's great. It's awesome. I've no, there's no complaints. Clay Thompson's looking like Clay Thompson. He's shooting around or pretty close to 40% from three right now. I think he's 38 or 39, which is, you can't ask for a whole lot more. He's averaging 16 points in like 23, 24 minutes. His uh, physical percentage isn't great, but it's not, it's not horrible. He's shooting 41, 42%. Um, 
He's look, Clay's looking good, and that's kind of got to be the story right now. Is that his his body looks good, he's moving well, and the shots are starting to go down. Um, and again, just we talked about it last week a little bit, but just that he's looking more comfortable in the flow of the offense than he has before. He hasn't, although his jumper is looking better, he hasn't started to force the issue at all. He's still looking for his teammates, like Charlie said, six or seven assists in that Sacramento game. I want to say he had three or four last night as well. Um, and so Warriors are looking good and having um Having an aggressive, capable clay is, I mean, we said at the beginning of the year, it's the same thing now. Uh, it's the key to this team, or one of the keys to this team having a real chance at a title is clay looking pretty close to what he's looking like the last few games. And like the biggest part about like, uh, like obviously clay is playing well. And the biggest part, of like, uh, like clay coming back is everybody's starting to get adjusted to playing with clay again. Like that, I think people don't realize how hard it is to. Not necessarily hard, but how what it takes to play with guys like Steph and Clay, where they're doing so much off the ball, and you just kind of have to know like you know where to go with the ball at the right time to hit Steph and Clay, and you know that's why these Warriors teams, as we've seen in the past, and I feel like we're seeing right now, they they go through a rough patch, but once they figure it out, everybody kind of is on that same page, and you're really seeing it start to click. And you know, obviously Clay playing better coming back. I think it's what 12 games since he's come back since the injury, so. Like, there's not much you can expect. Um, there's not any better that you can expect from what we've seen. And I think that, um, you know, as we go into this all-star break, um, guys, with, and doing this all without Draymond, I think defensively the team stepped up um, big time, not just these last couple of games, but this, like, I think even that, like, uh, since that Pacers game, that nine, since that nine-game winning streak, defensively, I feel like it's kind of stood up a, high, a notch higher. Shots are going down. They're hitting big shots. They're hitting open shots. And you're seeing Steph, Clay, uh, Kuminga, everybody getting involved. So I think that the team is kind of hitting a, a hitting nice little hot stride right now. And, um, yeah, I mean, it does really start with Clay. We got to talk about Kuminga as well because that guy's been uh, pretty incredible snubbed. the last couple snubbed. days. I just want to say snubbed. Absolutely you know, snubbed. he was snubbed, but – that game doesn't matter and he doesn't give a shit. And that's, what's awesome about it is he did not, he didn't care one bit, man. He's like, yeah, I'd like to be there, but I'm not, (laughs) that's about it. So if there was no like Rudy Gobert moment, no offense, Rudy Gobert, pardon me, man. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm just saying Rudy Gobert misses the, you know, the rookie sophomore game and who knows what's happening. And we might not see him for a month. (laughs) He might might go into hiding, just saying, but um, go back. Kaminga's Kaminga's just been, I mean, I'm not going to say revelations. We're seeing more and more, but Charlie, you pointed out his um, his foul rate last week, 40%, leads all rookies by a mile and a half. He's per 36 numbers, lead all rookies by quite a bit as well, scoring, rebounding as well. Um, he just looks good. It's not just – the fouls are huge, to be clear. This guy is – he's going to be a 20-point-per-game scorer as soon as he has the mm-hmm. usage because he gets to the line like crazy. But uh, the defense in – he's – I mean, we'll get to the defense in a sec, but um, it's the screens for me. Just watching this guy get his teammates open and protecting his shooters with his body has been pretty cool recently. And just seeing him kind of get like, hey, I'm big, I'm strong. If there's a guy in the corner and I'm the next guy there, my job right now is to make sure that the defender is not getting to that strong corner. So um, he's just been – he's been smarter recently. He's been a lot smarter, and it's cool to see that he's learning so fast and uh, especially with, you know, the way Iguodala is playing, not playing, pardon me, the way Iguodala has been um, looking 37 of late with regards to injuries. Yeah. Warriors have an eight-man rotation. I think we can all agree for the playoffs. It would be their five guys plus GP, JP, and uh, Otto Porter. I 
I think Kaminga is trending towards if that stretch is denied, he's looking like the ninth guy out there, just given what Iguodala has been uh, going through health wise. And that's not something I think any of us thought we could say because the guy is a freak of nature. And also, some of these dunks, my God, are you kidding me? Insane, man. He's got the fastest leap in the freaking NBA, man. It's insane. It's awesome. Uh, and yeah, like you said, you know, getting into that into the score that scoring range, like his last three, granted, we're playing against, you know, the bottom feeders of the West. Uh, not, you know, not your best defenses out there, but 19, 18, and 16 in the last three games. He's 20 of 25 on twos in that. Like, that's the kind of point where you combine dominance around the paint along with drawing a ridiculous amount of fouls and being able to do so much switching defensively and even getting some things done as a five as like a rim protecting guy. He deserves all the rotation minutes that they can give him because that's just, that's a guy you need to play. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like, like Kuminga is a guy like at this point, he's, he's going to be in, like he's going to be playing playoff games and um, like, he's going to be playing tough minutes for this team. So um, just the way he's been attacking, and I think has been the best part. Um, just you know, he's not you're not seeing him back down or anything like that. Like he's really, you know, way more than we could have expected. So, I mean, I don't know what else to say. No, just the fact that I mean that he's absorbing stuff is pretty huge. And the fact I, I also have all the more confidence that and again, I'm saying this now. Who knows what's going to happen? Come you know, April, May, June, but. It's one thing to be a lost uh, defender when your defense isn't very good. But it's a whole different thing to be physically as capable as he is and to have guys like Draymond and Looney in the back line potentially barking at him and making sure he's in the right spot. And that's going to be huge in the playoffs because physically speaking, he's a he's an awesome one-on-one defender. Um, and I think just with regards to defense, he's going to have a solid advantage in having those two guys behind him if he does get minutes. Yeah, and I think you said, you know, another thing, too, that's important with Iggy. Uh, he's missed nine of his last ten games. And the one game he did manage to play in the middle of those, you know, he got up 30 minutes. But, you know, last night plays five minutes, immediately leaves with an injury. Like, it flared back up. And, you know, you got to be concerned about just the knocks this team picks up. Like, it was always a reality with – just the veteran presence on this roster. And that's sort of the give and take with having guys who know what to do is their bodies have sort of picked up the wear and tear and having a guy like Kaminga, who's not getting killed off, you know, not knowing what to do out there. Sure. He has some like rookie looking plays here and there, but he's doing so much good to outpace that, which is really just, yeah. And it really just raises that floor of the team that we've talked about before. Like, just having guys like Kuminga, Moody coming in, um, just young guys playing well, it really just raises that floor and what they bring. Like, it just complements these vets uh, so much. And as soon as Draymond comes back as well, like, it's going to look quite – like, it's going to look great, um, I think. As, and they're peaking at the – or, like, not – I wouldn't say peaking. So a lot of stuff to, you know, uh, work on it out there. But um, they're hitting a great stride at the right time um, leading up to this um, all-star break. Speaking of these young guys, though, um, our guy James Wiseman, he's getting a little bit of a um, little bit of flack out there. Um, Charlie, I know you uh, you delved deep into uh, Mr. Mr. Wiseman, our uh, our biggest unknown, really, I'd say. And 
really no fault of the kid, you know, it's, and it's, you really hate to see it because he's 20 he's, years old. It's, he's literally a, like sophomore in college, I think. And like, he's played three games, like it's or three college games, half of a rookie season that wasn't really a season. So, um, he, for the guy, but it is a question mark. So Charlie, you got, you started off with a huge, um, you know, a nice little thread for us. You want to, you want to dive deeper into that? I'm going to pause real quick and just say this is a Warriors propaganda podcast. Charlie found only good things in his deep dive, <laughs> and we're actually going to stop the pod now. No, I'm just kidding. Charlie, Yeah, go. no, no. Uh, he only made good plays uh, throughout the entire season. Um, but, like, I think, you know, it's sort of the thing, like, I just didn't even mean any, like, harm of it, just throwing out that, like, hey, going to watch as many Wiseman plays as I can digest today and see how that goes. Um and it's not even like a slight against the guy because, you know, A, he's coming in to a team with expectations. B, he was 19 years old at the time. And C, he's doing it at the position that is by far the hardest to adjust to. And you throw in all of the injuries, the shortened COVID offseason, whatever. Like, I feel like you can paint a pretty good argument that what we saw in that rookie season was like the worst. Like, that's the base. Uh, that's just the ugliest it could look for him. And people, you know, kept being like, oh, why would you do that? Like, why would you want to look at that? Like, it's important for me to know what the bad looks like so that when he comes back and he starts to, like, get back into the rhythm, it's like, okay, is he comfortable? Like, is he doing things that he should be doing and, like, being aggressive? Or is he just, like pulling up for floaters, you know, above guys that are like smaller than him and like doing all these things that, you know, that just seemed to just seem to be like, you know, a guy who was just like panicked and didn't know what to do because like how the hell could he have like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and it was the same, like, you know, he played three games in Memphis and that was again, no fault of his own. And it was much of the same there. You know, he's coming into a big stage, big expectations, just did not look confident, did not look like any of these things. So it's sort of the same thing when you look at Clay, like Wiseman's obviously a much less known quantity than Clay, but you look at Wiseman say, okay, he's basically just had the last two years go nowhere. So now that he's picking himself up out of like the bottom of that, what does it look like? And unlike Clay, he actually, you know, got to like play in there. So you at least get to look at that and be like, okay, these awful habits he developed, like when he gets back on the floor, are those still there or are they gone? Because if a lot of them are just gone immediately, you're like, all right, this was not only a play issue, but a mindset issue. And if the mindset issue is gone, then we're really starting to cook with something because then you're just, you know, looking at a guy like, Kuminga, where, you know, he's got his ups, he's got his downs, but he's working his ass off, he's healthy, and he's confident, most importantly. He's feeling like he's getting things done out there, and that's what you want to see out of Wiseman. Like, is he progressing, or is he actually just, you know, banging his head against the wall, hoping for something to change, like it did last year? So, that's my whole piece on, like, you know, sometimes you got to sift through all the shit just to try to see like <laughs> something oh, good right, that, that was that, that took, i'm sure that took a long time that was great to see like just how you broke it down but no i, I totally agree man and i think 
really the thing for Wiseman though is he the pressure on him is so low that I think that you know for him to just come in and be that rim protector just get some size in and uh just you know run the floor play hard which I think he's shown like he has a good skill set he can you know be a threat to the rim and we're seeing him you know now start to do a little bit of contact drills I think today was the first one um so for him just knowing what he can just surface level bring to the team I think he just infinitely helps out in any case so I'm just excited to see regardless of how polished or not it looks and obviously there's a long way to go before he's you know that star caliber player that we think you know he can has or has the potential to be um but just as of right now just hopefully if we could see him you know in a I don't know if he's going to be able to help out in a playoff series um but you know even just spot minutes down the stretch if he's able to get some going into you know, a, a playoff run, um, Wiseman can only help, I feel like. So um, very excited to see it. I think, you know, it's just it's just tough on the kid. You know, that's 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 the worst part. Like you're seeing on like Twitter and everything, he's just getting bagged like to a trade deadline. Like he he's the biggest like, you know, what if chip, you know, if it works out, it's great. And it's kind of at the perfect time. You know, you have got young guys that are developing well and obviously the vets are playing as, as well as they're playing. So. Um, Wiseman doesn't have to come in and do anything. He really just has to get acclimated to playing basketball again. Like you said, Charlie, it's been a while since he's really played games. Um, so uh, for a young guy, that's all you need. So for him, he's no expectations. So I really feel like just service level, if he's just able to be out there on the floor and just play good, play hard, he'll help out the team right now to win a championship. Yeah, I think what the guys made is really uh... – really good points. I mean, first of all, again, it's one of those things where um, situations, everything. And it was kind of funny that last year people kind of saw a lot of, a lot of draft people saw the Warriors as the best case scenario for Wiseman draft wise, right. Cause low pressure, low pressure situation for him, ideally um, with clay there, like he was supposed to be, he should have had as much space as anybody in the league to kind of operate as a, as a rolling big. Um, and obviously things changed and he was also kind of the victim last year of a, a coaching staff and a lot of Steve Kerr, no offense to him, but like, we can all agree at this point that asking Wiseman to behave like Andrew Bogut or uh, Josh Apatulia wasn't the move. I mean, Charlie, you mentioned that, you know, it's the hard, the center is the hardest position to play defensively in basketball, right? You're, you're so much is counter on you and um, not, even, not even defensively, offensively as well, depending on what your team is. And that, that is, that is doubled with the Warriors, right? Especially if you're a big man, the Warriors, you have to read the offense. You have to read the offense. That's it. You have to be able to do that or else you're not going to function. Uh, and that was a lot to ask of a 19-year-old kid last year. Um, I think that, you know, looking at him and Kaminga, um, you just – it's just a tale of two different situations, basically. And it's kind of weird that those two situations are with the same team because Kaminga's had this really simplified role, um, and he knows pretty pretty well what's expected of him, and it's nothing too complicated, right? They're not asking him to be a creator or make plays, and Wiseman was asked to do a lot of that. Um, you know, with that all being said – he's got to come back and he's kind of got to be helpful if this team's not going to make moves. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean um, starter. Of course, he's not going to start this year. It doesn't necessarily mean, um, you know, heavy rotation minutes at any point in the season, but he's got to come back. And he's got to be just a, a neutral basketball player on the court. He can't be a, uh, he can't be a negative. Last year he was. And that's a lot, again, same thing, lots to ask, but I, I think just given the changes the Warriors have made as an organization, I think his chances are okay of doing that, but, uh, there is a world where, you know, Looney's out tomorrow, probably. Right. He's got a, he's got a quad thing and the Warriors have no bigs tomorrow. Right. Um, questionable, Charlie. Yeah, questionable. Okay, Gobert is out though. 
Oh, good. Nice. That's, that's a convenient as hell. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think, I don't know. Wiseman's got a rough road ahead of him still. And I don't think he's out of the woods yet. And I think um, the next three or four months could be really trying for him. And I, I think, I, I just think it's almost kind of like a lot of the expectations are unfair. We talked about adding a big last week. I also feel like that's kind of unfair to the kid, not add another uh, big man of the rotation to the roster because it's a lot to ask this this 19 year old who's coming off injury who's coming off a tough season to come in and be that next big especially while Draymond is out uh, and again they might come back simultaneously who knows but um, to be to be sure or be confident that he's going to be a guy who can give you minutes right away is pretty bold and I hope he can do it but um, to be determined right I, I understand frustration by a lot of fans um, I also think there's a lot of misunderstanding for what this is, but um, there's a lot in the kid's shoulders and the organization's putting that there, I think. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason is, you know, like right or wrong, their process is digging deep into this guy's personality and determining whether or not he can handle it. And they've said that he, like their admission is that he has, like that's what they're going to stick to. So you know, they're going to put things on his plate. And, like, that's the thing with Kaminga, too, is, and, you know, even with Moses Moody, is, like, they're going to put them, you know, into whatever situation that, that, they're playing, that their play demands, like, if that makes sense. Because Moody, you know, like, he's been balling in the G League, uh, and he could probably be, like, a contributor on just about any team right now. But this is just a team that's very deep on the wings, and when you're playing really well, but you can't, you know, crack it in, like that's, you know, their mentality is all right. Like we're not just going to give you these minutes over like Damian Lee, just because we just spend a good draft pick on you, you know, like you got to go win these minutes. And with Kaminga, like he didn't have things put on his plate. You know, if anything, it was quite the opposite. Like Kerr's just like, you know, randomly like yanking him for like getting technicals and stuff. Like they're very hard on their rookies but it just keeps working. So, you know, like as much as it can be frustrating, like, man, they, you know, when they hit on these guys, they really hit. And yeah, yeah. sure, you know, there's a Jacob Evans or whatever, like flushing out, like you're always going to be wrong, but like, it's just, you know, it's part of the game. Like I'll trade a, I'll take a Jacob Evans uh, if it means we're getting a Jordan Poole. You know, like if that's just what the process is, then it keeps them off. You mentioned Kaminga again; it kind of had me thinking. And you mentioned that he's a, he's been playing a little bit small ball five of late. Is Kaminga right now kind of a hindrance to Wiseman getting back on the floor, even when Wiseman's healthy? Because we've seen Wiseman, or not Wiseman, pardon me, Kaminga in just some spot minutes play okay as that small ball five you've been wanting to see you know charlie's been wanting to see that for a minute now is that a is that going to be a reason for wiseman not to get minutes going forward do you think to both you guys do you think that um kerr is going to coach wiseman and play wiseman the same when i say play him i mean um with the same expectations the same kind of leash that he has been with coming and moody and should he i think just with this late point in the season it might be like a little shorter you know like not uh it's not you know it's not as knock on Wiseman it's just the fact that he's been out you know here we are on February and he's like just ramping up for like the 
you know, 40th time or whatever, like it just, it's been a slog of a rehab, you know, yeah. and not only is he going to have sort of like that, let's slow play this with the injury sort of designation and see what happens. But yeah, Kaminga has gone out there and proven he's capable of doing these things or proven he's at least, he's at least earned a go at the center position um, for some minutes and Wiseman hasn't yet. So like, he's just sort of entering this race behind, you know, like it's, it's not his fault. It's just, you know, like if they were starting off at the beginning of the season and they were both competing for those minutes, then maybe it's a different story, but now Kaminga has staked a claim to them and Wiseman hasn't even gotten on the floor yet. So, you know, he's going to have to seriously perform to, you know, make a claim for like, I am the backup center or I am maybe even the starting center. Like he would have to seriously play his ass off. And that's, that's the good thing about this process is when you have a rotation, this stacked, like, and you have a coaching staff that's going to behave that way. Like they're not just going to hand it to him. Like if he's got to go spend time in the G league, he's going to go spend time in the G league. And if he's, going to end up being like, you know, starting games down the stretch. That's because he earned that shit. Like there's not going to be any special treatment going on. Yeah. And like for Wiseman, like it's not like Kevon Looney is like the starting center. And I don't think it's going to change regardless of what happens. So for Wiseman, it's like, I feel like he's his own like special project. I think like the coaching staff knows that like it's going to take time. Like I don't see him, you know, coming back and, you know, I, like I said I, earlier, I said, like, I mean, I know he can help out in spot minutes, but, like, he's not going to be starting anytime soon. It's going to be very, like, it's going to take his time to work his way back. So, I mean, it, 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 he's his own project. So, I think the development of, like, Kuminga at the five, obviously, is something that I don't know if we saw that earlier in the year, but it's definitely, I think, after Draymond went down, especially, just having Kuminga step in, and um, he's played really well, brought a lot of energy, and, um, you know, we've seen what he's, what he's been doing. So, um, I think for Kuminga at the five, and then I, I really like how Moses Moody has really um, adjusted to, uh, you know, playing at the NBA level. Obviously, like, he had that one a great game. And like you said, Chuck, uh, in the G League, he's been balling out, I think, consistently. He's proven he can score in this league and, you know, be a, be a solid contributor on pretty much any team. And the Warriors in spot minutes, they need that. Like, that is what, um, you know, this team lacks in terms of, you know, consistency, and we saw that in that slump that was going on. So um, seeing these young guys develop, and I think Moody, uh, excuse me, I think Wiseman, once, you know, he's able to get back on the court and you know, work his way back in, I think there's no reason to doubt what this developmental staff can do and what they're doing right now as we're seeing this season progresses. Do either of you think the Warriors not trade? Should the Warriors shop Wiseman? No, absolutely not. I'm so like my sort of interest is like you say shop like shop is uh like do I think Bob Myers should make a couple phone calls like seeing where other GMs think James Wiseman is in terms of like value sure I don't think he should I think he should do it with like you know completely impure intentions like with no deal and you know like just throw some shit at the wall and be like okay do they think like x random superstar is worth you know wiggins plus wiseman like even if you have no 
inkling to trade those guys, like just see where they think he is. Because, you know, if you, if you take a look around and maybe there are some teams that are just like, Oh, we don't want to touch him. Like he's damaged goods, you know, like whatever opinion they're going to have, you know, maybe those are teams that you're not as like encouraged to talk to this off season, but maybe there are some teams that just don't really care and they're just looking to get their hands on the guy and you can sort of make a mental note, like, all right, like if we got to go shake some things up this off season and you know, this team is looking to move some guys, they'd love themselves some James Wiseman. So that's, that's where I sort of see the value in it. Like hell to the no, if he wants to make a trade for James Wiseman right now, unless like the dumbest deal ever comes along because, you know, after what the hell happened today, I can't, say, I can't say anything can't happen because like, yeah, whew, man, unless you guys anything have anything else on Wiseman, like <laughs> the, the way I, the way I'd say for Wiseman before like, we move on is uh, I'd say he's like the, you guys seen the big short when you like short the heart of the housing market and like, you got to pay like a bunch of like, you're paying a bunch of premiums and like, it's not looking good. And then as soon as like, obviously the housing market crashed, you know, you made a lot of money. And that's the way I feel Wiseman is as a prospect. And I think that, you know, right now we're kind of just paying those, like, premiums. You know, it's going to be its growing pains, you know. But once it hits, it's it's going to hit, man. Like, I think that's the way the front office is looking at him. So, I don't that, – for that reason, I'd say no on in terms of shop him. Obviously, you know, if you're getting – like, see what the, what the value is out there. But I think that, you know, the investment could have – could pay great dividends in, you know – in a year, maybe. So, like, just hold on to it. For better and for worse, Wiseman is 2008 Banks. So, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, think, yeah. I think it could go either way. You know, I, I kind of, not going to lie, I do have moments sometimes where I'm like, uh, if, Kuming, if Kuminga is a 4-5, what does that mean long-term for this team? If they do keep Wiseman, um, the guys, I honestly think Wiseman probably athletically speaking is one of the four or five most talented guys in the league. I don't think anybody else at his size moves the way he does. And I think there's a lot of talent there for sure. I just, um, you know, it's hard to tell the potential sky high, but uh, I forget who said it, but potential just means you haven't done anything yet. Right. So um, TBD, but I don't think it's silly either way, Charlie. I think, I think getting a feel for what it, what the deal might look like or how he's valued now and how he might look after some playing time this year is definitely important. Gotham, I don't think it's stupid at all to not want to move the guy. Um, and like you said, the dividends could be paid. Given the Warriors coaching staff, like you pointed out, the development of Kaminga, you know, um, I, I don't think I don't think we're going to see a huge contribution from him this year. But I think, like you said, as soon as next year, if if the you know the Kaminga stuff is real and the development stuff that we're seeing from him is indicative of, um, you know. Uh, development elsewhere i think you're spot on man i think that could be huge next year um and he can make some real progress so that's exciting um but just speaking of trades we've mentioned we kind of talked about how today was nuts today was a wild day as far as nba trades go uh mccollum got moved norman powell got moved um sabonis got moved in a deal that i don't think any of us could believe uh we got to hit those so far so guys what are our thoughts so far as uh nba trade deadline is two two days away most i mean besides like all of these trades being so confusing like tyrese halliburton literally told other teams no so he could be drafted by the kings like 
I, I forget what the streak is. Like they have some insane streak of like not giving first round picks. Like, you know, like they, they've just, except for like De'Aaron Fox, like none of them ever get second, second deals. They get a guy who literally demanded to be in Sacramento. And That's was hard, a, man. That's good. hard. Like was a steal and traded him before he finished his sophomore season. Like, I don't even care. Like, I don't even care what you got for him. Like, why? Like, why? And the worst part is that you didn't that. get, like, you, you gave up more, man. Like, you, they really, that was a terrible trade. Like, it wasn't even, like, you got something great back. For, like, not to slight Sabonis or anything, but I feel like for Halliburton, healed, you, I feel like you could get some, a little bit more. They gave, they, I, I'm, Indiana is going to flip heel and get something back now. Like it's going, they're not keeping him. They're going to yeah, flip no, heel and get some picks back. And they just flipped yeah. a guy who, as far as, you know, under 23 prospects goes in the NBA, are there 10 better guys? I don't know. I'm just saying there probably are. To be clear, then Halliburton? Yeah. Right. He's, he's right around that line. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. So sure. it's, it's, it's a wild trade. Try like you said, I mean, they didn't, Oh, your Gotham Barbie, like you said, they didn't have to do that. Right. I think they could have gotten some bonus. In a in a Fox deal, I'm yeah. guessing. I mean, he's a couple of years older, but if you throw in a first round pick or two there, and keep the guy that, like Charlie said, wants to wants to be the <laughs> wants to be in Sacramento Kings, man. It's uh wants to be in Sacramento. Pardon me. I mean, it's it's crazy, man. It's also if, if Halliburton and Sabonis pairing is awesome. That sounds like a cool young little duo. Uh, now you've got. Yeah. You've got Fox who hasn't hit a three in I don't think a month or so, man. Or he shot one for twenty something over the last while. I don't, I don't know what the plan was there, and I just can't believe it. I like Halliburton. I mean, parts of me given all the Wiseman talk, there was a world where the Warriors trade down and get Halliburton instead. Um, Charlie's, Charlie's face palming now and wiping his tears. Um, it's, I just, I just can't believe it. I was stunned. I was stunned, and I'm also a bit. Um, in, not even in shock. I mean, if Sabonis gets you Halliburton in a deal and gets you Halliburton healed in a deal, to be clear, what does Ben Simmons get you in a deal with the Kings right. is kind of my question. Um, and I'm I I don't think it's out of the question that I don't think I don't think it's insane that Daryl Morey could have gotten Halliburton and then gotten hard in the offseason. I don't think that's out that was out of the question. And now all of a sudden this whole thing looks so much different. And <laughs> the Kings just traded away their most promising rookie since Boogie. So I don't know. It's just crazy stuff, guys. Dude, now like they have not only the promising, but like they have another, like they have Rashawn Holmes, who's great, but he's also very like defensively limited and he's very positionally limited. So what they went out is what they went out and did is just got a better version. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like yes. why? Like there, there's one position where you can't double down, and it's center, because they just can't. If they can't be on the floor together, they can't. Like you can't, you can't do the like twin towers thing unless you have like some truly ridiculous spacing around it, or unless those two centers two are are elite defensively, like Mobley and Allen. That's that's the scenario. You can't do it in the opposite yeah. end. They're gonna you're gonna like, lose very a lot of games, man. <laughs> it takes such unique like players around that. And like buddy healed has his flaws. Even Tyrese has his flaws, but like the dudes are like elite floor spacers. So, you know, if your logic was like, okay, you know, like let's move De'Aaron Fox to Indy 
and then they'll like move him along to someone else, you know, like whatever they want to do, like, cause they're going to do that with healed and then like play around with the vision of, you know, Halliburton and healed and Sabonis Holmes. I don't know. Like, I don't get what, I don't get it at all. <laughs> like, and you know, for Indy, like they also like, I as much as I love Halliburton and they'll get things for healed, like they probably could have done better. Like, Sabonis is like an all star, you know. Like, I don't I think mean, I think Halbert's awesome, man. I think that was yeah, that's a, that's Halbert's an awesome trade for them. Man. I mean, Halbert's real deal, man. And uh, he's a, no, he is a stud, bad. like for sure. But I don't know, man. Like it's it's just bizarre, horror. It really just the only thing now that I'm really wondering is what the Sixers are doing, man. Like, because there's talent to be had, and if they just make one move, I know, like. Oh. It, here's there's a 30 million dollar hold man like you he, in the east is a clusterfuck right now here's Basically. the philly plan man they want to pay james harden 50 million dollars for the next four years and you know what ridiculous be my guess you know you know what the best part is they want to wait until the off season so they can sign and trade and give him another a fifth year of 50 million dollars uh, when he's even older and fatter like <laughs> I, I actually I shouldn't even say that. Like he only puts on weight when he wants to be traded. So like it's just sort of only like for a, club season, man. Club season. Yeah, like he's not a, he's not even like a tubby boy. He just like uses it to like get what he wants, which is kind of rock star. <laughs> he knows how to use his body, man. He's actually in total control of himself, and he's really impressive at using that thing, man. Wow. <laughs> Bro, and he was walking around in Houston looking like Santa Claus. Like, Dude, hilarious. You know, but he put up like 45, 10, and 10 one night, though, which yeah, was the like, craziest bro. thing, man. What? Wearing like shoulder pads. Yes. <laughs> yes. Gosh. All right. Well, um, well, we'll hit a couple more trade things in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break to hear from Anchor. I'll tell you about them myself. Um, but a little, a couple more trade things and move on to the rest of the Warriors uh, schedule afterwards. Thanks, guys. Yo, 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 guys. Welcome back. Matt, thanks for those words from Anchor. Um, shout out Anchor again. Um, we're talking about the trade deadline, kind of getting into that before. But teaser, guys. Um, we have officially had our now first guest on the podcast. And he's here live on the show. Our man, Joe Varai. How are you doing, Joe? Welcome to the Game Series Clay Pod, man. I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, a lot of stuff happened, uh, like over the past few, we'll say twelve plus hours. Um, yeah, I mean, I just wanna, I just wanna get a lot of stuff off my chest in terms of like what happened with that, uh, with dude, those yeah, trades for the Blazers. Right Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, and the Kings got, got some trades, man. Let's hear it. Let's go. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you guys will be with me when, when like when I. I don't want to say it. Well, if I find also when I slander the teams involved, keep in, it coming. You know, uh, you know. Let's start like what happened with the uh, the Pelicans and the Blazers, right? Uh, it's not as egregious as the one with the Kings, I would say, but you know, there's still a lot of slander to go around in terms of what the Blazers are. What are they trying to do? I don't understand what the Blazers are. I don't know what they're. Trying. You know, I just I just don't know what they're trying to do. Well, you know, all that thing about giving up CJ, uh, you know, they gave up uh, who Covington, they gave up Norm Powell to the Clippers. 
I understand that they're trying to free up as much cap space for uh, a big free agent signing or two in the off season. Uh, that's, you know, everyone knows that's what they're trying to do at this point, right? Uh, this season is a lost cause. They're aiming for the future. But uh, the thing about that is uh, which free agent or free agents are you exactly trying to land in the off season? Uh, to my knowledge, the only uh, notable unrestricted free agent in the off season is Zach Levine. And I don't think Zach Levine's going anywhere. And if he is going anywhere, he's not going to the Blazers, I don't think. Um, and then you've got guys like Harden and Westbrook and Beal and John Wall who, who are going to have their player options. And let's say you get someone, you get Dame to pair up with, I don't know, like a, how, however unlikely it is, a Harden or a Beal. Does that really move the needle? This will that really take them to a championship winning team? I don't, I don't think so. So you know, it's, it's time to run from the grind, Dame. Time to run from the grind. No one's gonna, no one's gonna slander you for it. We're all, for, we're all behind you, Oakland guy, Bay Area guy. Uh, go to a place where a team appreciates you. Uh, you know, it's not the Warriors, obviously, because we can't, we can't afford you, and we have another generational point guard already on our team. But yeah, I mean, go somewhere where the team will treat you better, get you, will actually help you win a championship. So that's all I have to say about that. No, I totally agree, man. I think with the Blazers, the weird part is like, it, it feels like the Dame experiment in, in Portland, like you said, it's, it's kind of coming to an end. So for Dame, it's like, man, go, go get yourself a ring. Get the, and the Blazers just blow it up. Like you guys, it hasn't, it hasn't worked, man. Just it's time you guys are getting rid of stuff. So it's weird, but um, that Kings one, man, Joe, you gotta, you gotta have a take for that one. That one was egregious. You started that one off, but not as bad. Let's hear the, let's hear the Kings one, man. Oh man, where do I start? <laughs> uh, well, you know, first of all, I mean, uh, if there is one guy on the Kings that you absolutely had to tag as untradeable as a future franchise guy, it was Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, we've had interviews, we've seen interviews pouring out into the internet where he was actually counting on the Kings to draft him. He wanted he wanted to go to the Kings. How, how many players can you say in the draft say, oh, I want to be drafted by the Sacramento Kings? Well, two, the other is actually De'Aaron Fox, man. De'Aaron Fox also wanted to be drafted oh, he by did. the Kings. Which funny well, I don't know. think he wants to be on the Kings anymore yeah, at this not point. Anymore. Well, not anymore. But yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> uh, Halliburton struck me as the guy who, you know, he goes, he doesn't run from the grind. He wants to be the guy who improves the chances of the Kings. He wants to be the guy who he's kind of like a Steph, you know, we, we all know like Steph tweeted out that uh, in 2009, where a uh, promise to all the fans that things are going to be different. Things are going to improve. I see Halliburton as that kind of guy where he wants to take a franchise, a suffering franchise to heights where they've never been before. And he's the, probably the only guy on the Kings who has that mindset. And the Kings just traded away that guy. Where, you know, I want, I want, like, I want the grind. I want, I'm not going to run away. And then the Kings was like, oh, no, we don't want the grind, man. So. <laughs> I, I genuinely could not believe what I saw. I mean, a lot of people tweeted this and said the same thing, but 
Did you guys check to see if that was a real Woj tweet? Because I definitely did. First time I saw it, I was. Like, oh, I did. Woj. I checked the spell. I checked the. I checked the verify the check mark. I I checked Woj's spelling, the name, and you know how those some of those Woj accounts have that fake check where it's not yeah. a check where it's like seven, uh, seven or something like, seven, like that. Yeah. I double checked. It's like, oh man, this is. Oh, couldn't couldn't oh, believe man. it, and also just the pairing of. I was saying this to to Gotham and Charlie earlier, but um, getting getting uh, Sabonis and Halliburton would have made awesome sense. That's a sweet young duo right there. That's a the spacing's there, the passing's there from both those guys, and I just still can't believe they rolled with Fox instead, especially when it feels like they could have. I don't know what Indiana wanted. I don't know if they do that deal if it's Fox and picks instead of Halliburton, but it didn't feel like they had to trade the guy. And like you said, he wants to be there. He's one of the coolest young players in the league too. If you hear him interview, he's a guy who works his butt off. He knows the game really well. And he just, he wants to play, play basketball, man. And they got rid of the one guy <laughs> that they had on that team. <laughs> that was, that was a hundred percent willing to be there. Like you said, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, the thing about the Sabonis and the Fox, Sabonis and Fox fits like they paired him with the wrong guard. And I know, I know they probably wouldn't have made the trade. The Pacers probably wouldn't have agreed to it if it was Fox instead of Halliburton. But the point still stands that Sabonis and Fox together on the floor isn't ideal, especially the way Sabonis plays. Like he's that guy who hands off a lot. He's in the post. He makes plays. He's not going to have a lot of room to operate when you have your guards are Fox and Davion Mitchell, right? And then when you add in uh, Rashawn Holmes. That's that's a shrunk floor you've got there for Sabonis. So, uh, you know, it's just, you know, I'm just waiting for the Kings to make additional moves because you can't like, especially when it comes to Rashawn Holmes, because you can't have Holmes and Sabonis on the same floor. It's all it's the Miles Turner situation again, although Miles is a better sh- uh, outside shooter. But still, uh, I, just, I just don't know how that'll work, Kings again, Speaking man. Of guys, they may or may not be able to have on the floor. Uh, Justin Holiday, who got roped into the trade, <laughs> is apparently unvaccinated, and I don't oh really know. He can't play home. He can't yet. play home games. He can't play home games then. Yeah, like he's going from Indiana, which you know I'm sure they don't care, to California, which cares a lot. So. Yeah. Like you, you know, like you said, there have to be other moves involved because there's no way you're dumb enough. I'm sorry. Pause, the Kyrie. pause, pause. There is a way they're dumb enough. Okay, yeah, no, I should it's man. It's the kids. <laughs> it's the kids. No, uh, I, you're you're 100 right. Like they are capable of making that kind of move, but well, what is- why would you? Now, now you have to make a third deal to move along holiday or else you just traded for a part-time player. <laughs> it's great. And Justin Holiday is a great player. Like, he's really good. He's a really good shooter. He's a really strong wing defender. Like He's actually the only guy on that team right now who can pair with Sabonis on the, all those actions just because he's he can shoot. You know? I actually like – I like yeah. Barnes next to Sabonis, actually. If they can flip Holmes, keep Barnes as the four there, I actually like that fit a lot. Yeah, like the yeah. defense is kind of, uh, you Iffy. know, like, yeah. I mean, right now, they got bigger problems than this defense, you know. So they could, they got to make some move first to get make defense their first problem, you know. Yeah, that was the thing for the Kings too, where I was like, Halliburton is great, but you know, so is Sabonis, and he's a borderline All Star. He's relatively cheap. Like, I was getting in this argument with people in chats, like maybe, like. 
maybe in a vacuum, you know, like one for one, like you kind of got decent value for him. But then if you just include any context whatsoever, it's like, what the hell is going on here? Like, what are you doing? You know, like objectively, I don't think they gave up a whole lot, like just asset wise for like a, a legitimate stud in Sabonis. But now you just have so you just created so many other problems on this team uh, by trading for him. So and and like for me, the, like the, I was telling these guys earlier, but like the biggest thing that this kind of showed me was like, what are the Sixers trying to do with Simmons? Because like you tell me you could have made a deal for Halliburton, Heald, and uh, you know who uh, I forget the thing for Tristan Thompson, whatever, but Halliburton, Heald, those two guys you plug into the Sixers right now. That the, the top, the first seat of the the to win the East is wide open. Like anybody, and you add a and you add Halliburton heel to that Sixers team. It's like I get you might be waiting for James Harden, but do you really want to be waiting for James Harden? Like I don't know if it's yeah that's the deal you want to be holding out for. But it's, we'll, we'll yeah, see how it plays out. Darryl- Daryl Morey wants the big splash. That's the thing, right? Like, you know, Halliburton and Halliburton and Heal are, you know, they're going to fit into that Sixers, Sixers uh, roster. Exactly. Sure. exactly. But he wants the big name. So he wants a Harden. He wants a, I don't know, a Beal or a Dame. So. Hey, it's just going to end up with him sending another congrats Golden State Warriors tweet out at the end of the season. So <laughs> I'll take it, man. I'll take it. Um, yeah. One more so one more thing, Joe, before we get out of here, because uh, we have all been here quite a while. Um, I, I like I. So my gut sort of feels like they're gonna try to make this Sabonis Holmes thing work, and you know, beside like the rest of the roster aside, like the spacing is not good. But how do you see those two like pairing together on the floor? Because I just have a hard time like getting my head around how you operate those two. Like it's just it's just very feels very antithetical to like what's going on in the NBA right now. Um, Do you have any sort of thoughts on how those two could sort of mesh together, at least offensively? Well, I'll say this for sure. I I wouldn't want to be Alvin Gentry right now. So, (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah, I mean, you could, uh, well, the thing with Holmes is he's, uh, he's strictly a paint guy, a paint operator. He's a good, he has, he has a floater game too. Yeah, a really good, really, really good floater game. He's not really nailed to the nailed to the rim, so to speak. But the thing is, uh, <laughs> this is hard. Um, the way I can see it is if a Holmes is, uh, you know, he's he's that off ball guy, and Sabonis is. He's on. He's in the high post, for example. He's on the elbow, and he can probably find Holmes on some of those high lows, on those cuts on the baseline in the dunker spot. But that's going to be tough because the spacing is already, it's already, <laughs> it's oh, already Joe. cramped. You know, <laughs> you know, teams are just going to, yeah, they're just they're just going to pack the paint. I would say, and they're gonna they're gonna dare people from the outside. They're gonna dare Fox. They're gonna dare Mitchell to just beat them from the outside and they'll take those shots. So uh, Alvin Gentry is going to, yeah, I don't want to be him. <laughs> I was going to ask, is there, is there a coach deeper in the pits of hell than, than Alvin Gentry right now? If there is, it's Frank Vogel. And that's Frank Vogel, um, I was going to say, but yeah, he did. Frank Vogel. 
who knows? Well, the thing with Frank, the thing with Frank is at least he's in LA. Alvin is in Sacramento, which is you know, uh, <laughs> oh, not LA, uh, not LA, not LA, not LA for sure. Um, but other than that, guys, any uh, last minute trade deadline stuff? I know we've been here for a while, Joe. Obviously, thank you for hopping on. But last minute stuff? Any? So I think it'd be fun for each of us, Joe. I know you did this or something similar on Light Years the other day, but how about a Warriors prediction uh, from each of us? We might all have the same one, to be honest. But uh, Joe, we can start <laughs> with you. What's your uh, What's your prediction? Uh, in terms of the trade deadline? Yeah. Um, they're staying put. Uh, you know, they're uh, – yeah, they're staying put. They're not going to do anything – uh, they love their continuity. They love personnel who knows their offense and their defense in and out. And to just bring someone in, someone from the outside who has to go through that process, uh, it's just not it's just not feasible. It's not likely. Although, you know, we saw that report earlier where the loonies questionable for tomorrow's <laughs> game due to a quad contusion. He's, so you know, was, sweating up top, you man. were you were hoping for the domino that domino to fall. Like when will will Kavan finally have a game he misses, and we might have that soon. And who's going to be the starting center? Kaminga, maybe Kaminga. I don't know. My money's yeah. So, uh, oh, let's see, let's see. <laughs> Got them. I'm going to stay in put, man. Uh, I think. Joe summed it up quite eloquently. Um, there's there's no moves to be made, I feel like, in terms of giving up what I feel like they might have to to get something in return. So I feel like staying put, I think the buyout market uh, will be interesting because I think that's where the Warriors will really try and hopefully shore up that that center spot. Um, but, yo, come on, Looney is playing amazing basketball. So I, I really hope, you know, it's just a minor thing, day off, but – uh, it's it's kind of crazy or awesome to see how it, like integral he is to the, the Warriors system, but um, just you know hopefully just a day off and you know, get your rest in and uh, we'll be we'll be good to go moving forward as the All Star comes on. Even you just saying out loud the looking for a center in the buyout market. I feel like we've been saying that for like five or for six years, years. For years, man. For years. Have we even signed a buyout player? Period. Let alone a center like. The last one I remember, like, well, was Matt Barnes, 2017. But I'm sure – I don't know if there's been contributing ones after that, but um, – Well, that just makes sense. Like, unless Andres Biedrens is, like, around, like um, – Give me some down, beans, man. man. Give me some beans free throws. <laughs> the amount of crowd noises in that, they're beans free throws, man. <laughs> yeah, like, unless it's, like, a let's bring the gang back together move. Exactly. Like, now they like you said, Joe, they love their continuity. <laughs> yeah, they do. Charlie said nothing, man. <laughs> yeah, just a whole just a whole bunch of nothing. <laughs> whole bunch of nothing. Well, well, like I said, mostly probably the same thing. I my prediction is nothing. My hope is that they give Bielitsa the wanna make the treatment last year and send him off for a for a couple <laughs> bucks and uh some pizza, you know, but that's not going to happen. Uh, so I'll probably stand in Pat. I hope, again, I can't say enough, open up a spot, get that young in two weeks. But again, not happening, I don't think, boys. So uh, <laughs> stay in put. It looks like Golden State, but they got a good thing going. That's okay. But for God's sake, I hope Looney punched himself in the thigh to get himself a day off, man, because that guy, he deserves it. Deserves it. I, <laughs> come on, what are we doing here? This guy is, he's, 
He's he's in the eighty five year old body, man. He needs a day off. He needs a day he off. He said it. He said it's a quad contusion, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a bruise, like a quad bruise or something like that. Oh, dude, that happens when you get up out of the shower. You know, you kind of bruise it a yeah. little. Yeah. They said it was from setting a screen. Uh, you know, with he, all the screens he's been setting up. <laughs> with all the screens he he's just, been he, setting this season, I'm surprised he just got a contusion right now. So, dude, for real. He, it, it's just like the fanciest possible way to say he got like a Charlie horse. <laughs> yeah, basically, right? Yeah. Self inflicted Charlie horse for rest because management will give it to him otherwise, man. That's what's happening here. Hey, it, we will we will see. But guys, thank you so much for listening. Joe, very much appreciate you hopping on, man. Um, thank you for you know uh, breaking down. Or never mind. Thank you for talking to trade deadline. Um, it's been great trade deadline talk. Uh, we got some uh, new project with Joe coming out. Another episode, so stay tuned for that um, in the cuts. But and that man, everybody here from Gangsters Play, uh, signing out, man. Have a great one. Thanks again, Joe. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Had fun. And that'll do it. The Golden State Warriors advance to their fifth consecutive Western Conference final. For the second straight year, they eliminate the Rockets here in Houston as they take this series in six games and they win game six without Kevin Durant. Just a painful way to end the season once again for Chris Paul, James Harden, and the Rockets.